0: She calls her husband, Dave, a runner. Amanda Foster Mouty in Indianapolis. Since February, he spends two to three hours most days running from place to place for baby formula to feed their eight-month-old Leo. Most days, shelves are empty. With glee, the family took heart last Sunday. A military C-17 cargo plane arrived at the Indianapolis airport. A belly full of 78,000 pounds of formula from Europe, enough to feed 8,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers for a week. Another shipment arrived in Virginia yesterday, but it's still a drip in the bucket. The ongoing shortage continues as the Abbott Labs factory in Michigan was closed down after the discovery of deadly bacteria. The factory expects to be back running overtime by June. These tiny consumers need special food and they need it now. There's another food that all of us need desperately, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. With salvation, we become less, Christ becomes more. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this Thursday called Made in God's Image.
1: I'm George, George McFly. I'm your density. I mean,
0: your destiny. That's George McFly from the classic Back to the Future talking to his future wife. He felt they were destined to be together. In that movie, they eventually did get married. Destiny is something a lot of people think about, not just Christians people get married because they think it's their destiny, or they go on big adventures because some sign showed them it was their destiny. But how many of us know what destiny is? I'm not talking about some impersonal force of the universe or some kind of karma. I'm talking about the reason the Lord made everything, the reason the Lord made you and me. We were in a sense destined to glorify him. Yet we're fallen in our sins. So on this program, we're going to see how Jesus came to rescue us from this sin and repair or fix or recreate a broken image so that we can love God and others the way we were destined to do so. And we'll also hear a story from a woman who aborted her unborn child. She really struggled about this.
2: And there hasn't been a day in my life that I don't think about that little baby whose life I took.
0: But the Lord brought her redemption and forgiveness. Marcy Farrell will be with us in a moment to share her story. Just like Marcy, Abby Johnson had two abortions in her life. And as she was seeking to help other women in troubling times as a Planned Parenthood director in Texas, she was confronted with what she had done. She saw an abortion procedure herself for the first time. She saw the humanity for the first time in that unborn child's life. And her life was changed forever. After the program, may I invite you to get in touch with us. And for your gift to Haven Today, we'll send you the DVD movie that tells Abby's story. It's not for young children. It is important to share, though, with teens and adults a challenging story, but a story full of hope and also redemption. Here's the phone number to call after the program, 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836. and our web address is where you can view the movie trailer of Unplanned, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now your sovereign grace, and just the way you wanted us to be.
3: God made the earth and filled it full with seas and trees and animals, and then he made a man. But Adam, he was incomplete, so God gave him a helper, Eve, to carry out his plan. This happy husband and his wife—they showed the world what God is like until they disobeyed. And even though they lost it all, we still see fingerprints of God in every one He makes. We are the image of the God of all the world. He made us boy. He made us girl. Different pieces. The puzzle, joined together perfectly, we are just the way God wanted us to be, we're shades of brown, we're short and tall, but God himself designed us all unique, so we could see, he wants each one to play a part, to show the world the Father's heart, to have a family, We are just the way God wanted us to be. We are just the way God
0: wanted us to be. You have found your way to Haven Today, and that's just the way you wanted us to be. By Sovereign Grace, I'm Charles Morris. Marcy Farrell had never spoken publicly about having an abortion when she was 18 until she shared it with us a few years ago here on Haven Today. And with that in mind, may the Lord minister to you through Marcy's story. Listen to just a part of our interview.
2: You see, Charles, when I was 18, I had an abortion. I was unmarried, I was living with relatives, and selfishly thought a baby at this time would just add to the problems I already had. I had already been leading a rebellious life, and Mm. I wasn't living at home. So at the time, I couldn't even imagine sharing this with the family I was living with, and I just took matters into my own hands. And truly, that day was the ugliest of my life. It hurt so much, and um, coming home and not being able to share what I had been through with anyone was Mm -hmm. difficult. There was much time spent alone in my room crying, and at that time, I really had no one to turn to for help. And there hasn't been a day in my life that I don't think about that little baby whose life I took. And um, I wasn't the victim in this situation. That unborn baby whose life I chose to take was the victim. So down the road, Charles, several years later, I'm still away. I have n- no knowledge of Christ. I find myself in the same situation, pregnant and unmarried. And this time, I'm determined to keep this baby because I've not healed from my first pregnancy that I aborted. Mm. And I couldn't imagine going through that kind of pain and guilt again. I share this with the father, that he doesn't have to marry me or help with the baby, mm. but I'll take care of this little one on my own, a little self-sufficiency there. Mm-hmm. Doug wants to get married and raise this baby together. Um, I'd shared my story with him of my first abortion and this darling man who I am still married to now after 28 Mm. years, still wanted to marry me after that. So after our 28 years of marriage, I still find myself growing more in love with my Doug every day. We had a quick and simple ceremony and my little Amber made her arrival Mm. In September of 1986. Mm. We have two children. Um, We have Josh, who came in June of 92.
0: So, Marcy, let me ask you you had little Josh, who's now probably big Josh. I think he's 21 (laughs) or 22. You and Doug didn't know Christ yet, did you?
2: No, we were still walking in in darkness at that time, Charles. You know, Doug's parents were Christians, and Mm. we had heard the gospel a lot from his side of the family. And I just assumed I was going to heaven because I was a good person and attended church. I love this next part of my story because it involves meeting a woman who will always be dear to my heart, my Mm. friend Trina. And I met Trina at a Curves exercise facility, of all places. We were taking our introductory class together, and she graciously invited me back to her home for coffee. Trina loves to talk about Jesus. And when she shared with me about the work of the Lord in her life, it made me know that I, I was missing something. I was religious, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus like Trina did. I was missing Jesus. Um, The kids and I went to church with Trina that Sunday. My husband stayed home. At that time, he really wanted nothing to do with with church or religion. And the kids and I got home that afternoon. And during that time, the Lord revealed truth to me, and I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm,
0: Praise God for that. Oh,
2: (laughs) Oh, Charles, for the first time, I realized I was a sinner against a holy and righteous God. I Mm -hmm. understood that God Mm -hmm. is perfect and is angry with sinners and will punish sin. Mm -hmm. But God is also rich in mercy, and he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, God's eternal son, born of the Virgin Mary, to die as a substitute and ransom for rebellious sinners. Just the the knowledge that Jesus willingly died on the cross and took the punishment for my sin, and that through repentance and faith in what he did and acknowledging Jesus, Jesus as my Savior and Lord... I was saved from the wrath to come. And how much longer
0: after that till Doug became a Christian?
2: You know, Doug came to a saving knowledge. It was about a week afterwards. And I cannot even express to you in that little amount of time, um, you know, since that time, the changes in our home. Our home was a difficult time during that process before Doug became a believer because there was such a spiritual warfare going on between light and darkness but but when doug came to know christ the changes in our home over these these years have been phenomenal and it was such a celebration with doug's family that was such a joy
0: Mm. let me ask you marcy when you go out and counsel young women and you sometimes pick it in front of abortion clinics uh, what motivates you to try and talk these young women out of having an abortion
2: I understand where they are at because I was once there. I was once in darkness, and I was once, the focus was on me and what was right for my life at that time and what was convenient for me. So when I see these young women going in, I remember that that they are lost and they don't know Christ. And that is what motivates me. And it breaks me to know that they are going to take the life of an unborn innocent baby. And it reminds me again, Charles, that I did the same. Mm-hmm. So when I see them, I am able to offer much grace, but also with truth and in love to them. And, and of course, when we're down there, we want to see babies life saved, but primarily we want the gospel to be proclaimed because that is where true heart change can come and where these young girls will see. The wrong that they are doing. Mm. They don't even see it as, as wrong or sinful because in our world today, it's a valid choice. It's legal. So they don't even see that there's anything wrong in what they are doing. So the gospel is always forefront in our ministry outside the doors of those abortion mills.
0: Mm. Amen. To all of that, Marcy, Marcy Farrell, a blogger outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just uh, thank you for sharing with us here on Haven Today.
2: Thank you, Charles.
0: You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. This is a program called Made in God's Image. Destiny. It's something a lot of people think about, not just Christians. People get married because they think it's their destiny. Or they leave their job because of some sign destiny sent to them. But how many of us know what destiny is? How many of us know that destiny was God's idea? I'm not talking about some impersonal force in the universe or some kind of karma. I'm talking about the reason the Lord made everything, the reason the Lord made you and me. We're in this series, Made in God's Image. One of the biggest reasons the topic of abortion is so sensitive for Christians is that the Bible teaches that everyone, old people, poor people, in utero people, are made in the image of God. And this has so many implications for how we care for the unborn, how we care for the poor or homeless neighbors, how we think about the elderly. I'm told that opera singer was homeless that I mentioned as we opened the program. It means no one is worthless. We all have dignity and deserve to be treated fairly. But to be made in God's image means you were created for him, to know him, to love him. To worship Him. That's what I mean by destiny. You were made to know the Lord. As one old question and answer puts it, your chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Well, that's what we see when we look at Scripture, isn't it? The Lord created human beings in His image, and when they sinned against Him, what happened? He exiled them. When they were obedient, When they were loving the Lord, they were close to him. He was with them. Their sin separated them from the Lord. That means that to be in the image of God in the way the Lord intended is to be with him and to know him and love him. And it reminds me of something Jesus taught in John's gospel. John 10. Jesus there spoke one of his famous I am statements. I am the good shepherd. He cares for his sheep. And he ensures that they aren't lost. But there's another famous I am statement in John 10 as well, and that applies to what it means to be created to know the Lord. Let me share it with you. It's John 10 7 through 10. Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or abundantly. Thieves and robbers are the ones who try to mislead the sheep. But Jesus told us, I am the gate. You heard that. The ones who enter through him will be protected, not preyed upon. But did you catch what he said at the end? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came in part so that his sheep can experience life the way the Lord intended. So that they can achieve their destiny. There's that word again. Fulfill their purpose. But what does it mean to have life? Jesus told us. In John 17:3, said, "This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent." That's what Jesus came for—to bring you into the Lord's love, that you can know Him. That's what you were created for. That's what infants are created for. They're created to know the Lord, and that's why we weep when we think of abortion or a young child dies. Image bearers aren't meant to be cut off like that. We were created to know him, but our sin separates us from him. Just like Isaiah said in Isaiah 59, 2, your sins have hidden his face from you. We can't know the Lord by ourselves because we can't overcome our sin by ourselves. We need Jesus. When Jesus stood before the people and said, I am the Good Shepherd. I am the gate. He also said, I lay down my life for the sheep. All those who had come before him were hired hands, he said. Hired hands have no real incentive to sacrifice their life for the sheep. They can just run away if anything threatens them. But the Shepherd of the sheep protects them at all costs. Sin, is the biggest threat. It separates us from the Lord. But the Lord Jesus gave his life to lead us back, to bring us back. He lived perfectly. He died in our place and he rose again to give us new life. That's how we can fulfill our destiny. It's not looking somewhere in the world for a sign or living our best life, hoping karma will kick back some good. It's looking to the Lord and receiving his grace that covers our sins. It's grace that causes us to love others more than we love ourselves. It's grace that sets us free to love the Lord the way we were created to love Him. It's grace that promises there is nothing, nothing that can now separate you from the love of the Lord in Jesus Christ.
1: With dust. To dust, breathing amazing grace Beloved of God Never to be the same Your name is great And you are good So good And you always keep your promises Your ways of loving us So high, so high, your ways of loving us So high, so high, your ways of loving us So deep and wide and never will they change How we love your ways Because, because you are enough for us We cast our cares, trust in your heart for us Your name is great, and you are good, so good And you always keep your promises and you won't betray your faithfulness. Oh, and your ways of loving us are so high, so high, your ways of loving us. Are so high, so high, your ways of loving us. Are so, high, so, high. Of loving us are so deep and wide. Always, oh. how we. So I so like us. So deep and wide we, never will and we love our way.
0: From his album Glory Song, Matt Redman, Your Ways. Here on This Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris at a program called Made in God's Image. Last week we aired an interview I did with the producers of Unplant. And during our time together, I asked them to share who Jesus was to them. Many of you were moved by Carrie Solomon's response, so I wanted us to hear it again.
1: You know, he's incomprehensible. He not only is incomprehensible, but what did he do? He came to earth to suffer for us. And what we know here is all God came to earth to be spit on, to be cursed, to be beaten, to be crucified, and to suffer every sin that would ever be, he has already paid for that. And so when you contemplate that, you start contemplating that, you could sit in place for for days contemplating it. So to us, he's everything. For me personally, there is nothing else. I love my family, I love my country. Uh, I try to love my neighbors. I do everything wrong, okay, every day, a thousand times. But our God is so great that I can say, forgive me and he'll forgive me again. And how do you comprehend that? How do you, and he's always, every time i failed, every time I've fallen, every place I go, he always picks me up. He always lifts us up. And, you know, so what makes him God. Mm. All praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to his name. Amen.
0: Amen. The entire creative team for the movie Unplanned had a passion to share Abby Johnson's story. The challenging story about a woman who thought she was helping women, but aided in the abortions of over 22,000 babies. I have to swallow hard every time I think about that. But then Abby saw an abortion performed herself. She saw the humanity of an unborn child, and she knew she could never work for Planned Parenthood again. The movie is full of drama, like when Planned Parenthood sued her to stay quiet. But it also tells a story of hope and redemption that we all need to hear, I think. It did receive an R rating. But as Franklin Graham said, that's for recommended, not restricted. Though I would caution you, don't show it to very young children. But I do think it needs to be seen by teenagers, especially young women and also adults. It is not rated R for language or nudity, but simply because abortion is not a story anyone wants to hear about. I know unplanned. Will help viewers see the humanity in the unborn child and show you through Abby Johnson's true story that healing and forgiveness are available through Jesus Christ for all who've been affected by an abortion. Here's our phone number to call. Call us right now. Decide the issue for yourself. But after you watch it, bring a group together. Watch it together. Influence others. The number is 800. On our website, we've put up the trailer for the movie. And you can choose to get it that way at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When we'll again be sharing the great story together. The story that's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. C.S. Lewis once said he believes in Christ like he does the sun, not just because he sees it, but because by it, he can see everything else. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Sin blinds us. Jesus Christ turns on the light. He lights the way. By him, we can see everything else. He was making a claim on our lives. Do you want to see or not? If so, follow him. Jesus went on, if you walk in him, you'll have the light of life. We'll see everything as he intended, and we'll see him. He lights our world, and by faith, his life becomes our life. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.